Hello ladies and gents, and welcome to the latest Q&A in the Full and Focus series. My name's Danny Boyer, and I'm delighted to say joining me today to talk about his time at Fulham is our former towering centre-half, Zach Knight. Zach, it's a pleasure to speak to you. How are you doing, mate? I'm great, Daniel. Yourself? Yeah, not too bad. Bill, I mean, obviously, we, we agreed to do this a couple of days ago. I'm really looking forward to this because this is the first one I've done that is from my era so i i know your your career sort of inside that so to speak so really really looking forward to this one uh, i'll be honest with you i've been looking forward to it myself um it's, it's, it's always nice to um talk about the past and you know speak to someone who's who who um basically sat there and watched it as well yeah i mean i gotta be honest i i spoke to a few fans told them about this one and i've i've never heard you do an f- interview about your time at fulham now, I'll be honest, um, I've done like a few interviews in the sense where, you know, talking about other players, but on my own time, I've never really spoken about it, so it's nice to um, speak about it, because I have some great memories about Philip. Yeah, that's nice. Like, well, I've got a lot to ask you, so I'm just going to crack straight off with the first question. Is that all right? Yeah, sure, go sure. All right, so, growing up, um, I'm right that you're a Villa fan, right? Okay, so did did you have any heroes in 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 the Villa team when you was growing up? I'll be honest. Um, growing up, obviously being a defender, my my, my heroes were well, players I used to look for. I think heroes a big a big big word. Um, players I used to look up look up to was um, Hugo Ekiog, um, you know, rest in peace, and um, Paul McGrath, you know, um, two former uh, Aston Villa le- legends. Yeah, no, I had a feeling you was going to say Paul McGrath, um, and, and, and I, you know, I share your thoughts about Ekiog's gone too soon. Um, like, I mean, you, so so your heroes were centre half. So, have you always wanted to be a centre half then? Because, uh, or, or was it was it decided for you because you were so tall? Did your height come into it? <laughs> yes, I mean, uh, I think he acts more centre half. They never wanted to be centre half. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I guess we always want to be strikers but yeah. um, as you get bigger and uh, more stronger you start getting pushed back and back and back you yeah. know and uh, I went from being a striker at school um, top goal scorer for probably four or five years of being in school and then I think maybe in my last year um, they pushed me into defence um, and I kind of enjoyed it you know looking forward at the play instead of kind of looking behind um, I enjoyed it, and it kind of went on from there. Well, at least you, at least you decided early. You're not like Ian Pearce, still trying to play striker and centre half at the same time. Yeah, guys, a joke. <laughs> <laughs> right. So um, I, I, I used to get upset when the gaffer used to say Pearce was playing up front. Give <laughs> 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 me a chance. <laughs> well, they should, they should have lumped you forward sometimes, especially with your height. Anyway, I think I um, there once or twice for the last minute of the game, but I've come up with it. Yeah, yeah, right. So before you come to Fulham, you started off at Russell uh, Olympic. Is that how you say it? Yeah, yeah, um, Russell Olympic. Um, uh, how did you sign uh, for them? Uh, I had a, a bunch of friends playing for them, actually, and they told me to come down, so I went down, and they had the first team in the reserves. And I was playing in the reserves, but the first team wanted me to play. And in the first team, they, they used to pay wages. But I wanted to play with my friends in the reserves. So I kind of just stayed in the reserves and kind of got noticed that way. 
And is that how Fulham oh. spotted you? Yeah, well, I had an um, agent at the time, and um, he brought me down to. He, he, he was good friends with um, um, Arthur Cox, um, good mates with Kevin Keegan at the time. I think it was Ke- Kevin Keegan's right hand man. And then, then they brought me down on the trial. I was supposed to be down there for a week, and then after three days, um, Kevin Keegan offered me um, three and a half years. You know, he just said to me that, you know, you train with the first team from Monday to Thursday. And then you go and play, then you go and train and play with the under 19. You know, I want you to um, gather the experience and, you know, try fast track you a little bit. And is it true that you were signed in exchange for tracksuits or is that just a rumour? No, well, (laughs) what it was, um, it's a funny story. um, Russia Olympic, I wasn't actually signed to a contract. And because it's like a non league club, it was kind of struggling a bit. Um, They were taking me away. I won't say taking me away because I wasn't. Like I said, I wouldn't sign. But I think it was just more of a good gesture. You know, it's a smaller club. Fulham didn't really have crazy money to even say, you know, here we go. We were sponsored by Adidas at the time, Fulham. So, you know, just gave a bunch of tracksuits and and sports equipment just to kind of say thank you. You know what I mean? So uh, um, it wasn't so much as bought, but, you know, it was a nice gesture from Fulham's point of view because they never had to do anything. Okay, so it's it's um it's one of those where it's it's true, but it's not quite how people describe it. Because cause I thought instead of a transfer fee, you were signed for tracksuits. <laughs> I mean, if, if if that's what it was, that it was a great transfer, but um, no, it was just more of a um, a gesture of a a professional club looking after um, a grassroots club, basically, and just do it, you know. They never had money to just give them, you know, no one gives money away. But um, Fulham was um, sponsored by Adidas at the time and just thought it was a nice gesture to give the whole squad a bunch of travelling tracksuits and some sports equipment. So I thought it was a, a good gesture, but, you know, tongue in cheek, the press ran with it and, you know, it was a laughing joke. Yeah, no, yeah, but it was a nice gesture, like you say, I agree. So, so you moved down to London... How, how did you find, you know, adjusting to London life and, and did you s- slot straight into the, the, the youth sort of set up or, or was you like an outsider and you had to build up friendships with the other players? I'll be honest, um, it was kind of a smooth transition. It was a bit difficult staying in Diggs because I stayed in Diggs and Cheam and, um, you know, with a great family. And there was uh, two other players, Glenn Thompson at the time, um, goalkeeper for us. And Jermaine, Jermaine, oh, I can't remember his surname. Uh, Jermaine Hunter, sorry, he was in the youth team. He was a few years younger than myself. And um, so I got on with them too great. You know, but me training with the first team, me coming to the youth team on the weekend, I think they kind of maybe looked up to me a little bit in the sense of, why is this young kid? He must be have some type of talent to be training with the first team. And they made me feel welcome. Alan Smith was the coach at the time. And he made me fit in straight away. So it was a, it was an easy transition. I think um, it was just more away from football. You know, when you've got your free time and you're in digs and you're with the next family and not your own. And my family was only like two hours away in Birmingham. Yeah, it's not that far, is it? It sounds a lot further than it is. Like I said, you, you were sort of in between the, the first team and, and the youth team. So Kevin Keegan was very supportive because... I spoke to loads of people from his first team, that the, the promotion he had, and they all say what a great motivator he, he was. He, he made you believe you could do anything. But I, I wasn't sure whether 
he left the the youth sort of team to his you know his staff and, and ignored them or whether he was just the same with them I'll be honest um, with me you know he made me feel so welcome you know for me to come down there and to train with you know some of the big players what was there you know Chris Coleman John Salako um, Jeff Horsfield and Steve Finnan um, you know to make me feel so welcome in front of them players you know on my third day you know he was going around acting the players what do you think of the big man what do you think of the big man and all of them said you know we like him we like him you know and he was on, he brought me brought me I think we had a I believe it was a quarter finals against Man United at Old Trafford he brought me along you know it was just a matter of obviously I wasn't part of the, in the squad for United but just bringing me along just to travel with the first team stay in the, in the hotel just that whole setup to see how things run you know going Manchester United um, tra- tra- um, dressing room for the first time you know for a kid coming from Birmingham coming from a non-league team within maybe a couple of months I'm in Old Trafford you know it was, a, it was amazing you know and he, he always believed in me and it was only till I got to Bolton we played against Birmingham City and he was doing some commentary and he come downstairs and I pulled him aside and it's the first time in over maybe 12 years, 13 years I've seen Kevin Keegan because remember he left when he, we got promoted Yeah, he left to go to England and I never had the chance to um, thank him until I saw him at Birmingham City and I was playing for Bolton at the time and I just shook his hand and I just said, you know, I just want to say thank you for giving my opportunity and no, he just, nice. oh, and thank you that, you know, um, I've been watching your progress I was so happy to see you play for England. And it was nice for him to even acknowledge acknowledge that as well, you know, because, you know, some, a lot of managers kind of forget about players, what they find and whatever. But, yeah. You know, um, I, I'll always be thankful to, to, to Kevin and his staff. Did he have a lot to do with the youth team? Or was it just the fact that you were brought in as his signing? So, so did, did he go and watch the youth team play and did he sort of get involved with that or was that left to other people? I'll be honest, it was, um, it was kind of difficult because at the time, and you probably know, um, we had two different training grounds. First team used to train at New England and the, the youth team used to train at uh, Maxwell Park where they are now. So it was kind of hard for him to be kind of, maybe you know, if it was a reserve game or you know, the, the, the on the nine teams are playing early on a Saturday and, you know, and the first team are playing at home, we'd probably be there but if he ever bumped into any of them, you know, you know, Deshaun Davis, um, Luke Cornwall, you know, um, Patsy, I can't remember, Patsy Palmer, all them boys were in the, the youth team and first team. I think Sean, Sean Davis was the first one to, 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 to get into the first team. But he, he was always very um, encouraging to them boys. But um, all the rest of the boys, it was kind of difficult because, like I said, they had two different training grounds. I mean, the, re- the reason I ask is because, obviously, Al fired approach was to get to the Premier League as quick as possible so I wasn't sure if if that was seen as a priority at the time you know whether Keegan had so much on his plate trying to just focusing on the first team that's all when you know um, going back to that what you just said you know obviously Alpire's priority was to get to the Premiership and I think that's everyone's um, dream everyone's chairman uh, as every chairman is but obviously Alpire threw a lot of money at it you know, and Keegan, um, he'd done his job, got us to the championship, and then he, he left because obviously, you know, when some, something like England comes calling, it's hard to, it's hard to pass up as a manager, you know, that's the, that's the, 
the highest you can get representing your country. Yeah. You know, yeah. so um, I think from his, from Kevin Tegan's point of view, it's like, well, I've done one step. I've got a next step in my own personal life, which is England. And someone else can fulfill um, Miami, Mohammed and Al-Fayed's dream. And then in common, you know, a few managers come in and obviously we found um, John Sagana, which um, fulfilled that dream. Yeah, you moved on to that nicely. I mean, I was going to ask a similar question about him because obviously when when he got promoted, he he had Melville and, and Coleman and then Kit Simons was there as well. Was he the same? Did he leave the the youth team to someone else or or did you have a lot of involvement with him in the championship or the old division one? I had a, I had a lot of involvement with um, John Tabana. It was more, it was like a, I know a lot of players come come back and say, you know, one of they, they can name one or two managers what was like a father figure, and John Tagana was that father figure to me. We had, um, I think, only players at football would have noticed that we had a kind of up and down relationship, you know. But you always, we always showed each other respect, you know. Um, he played me out of position a few games. He played me centre midfield. I remember playing me centre midfield against. Um, Arsenal hybrid against Patrick Vieira and Petit. I think we lost 4-1. But it was just a more of a... And then I played against Sunderland, got man the match. So it was more of, go out there, you, you're playing in a different position, then I put you back in defence and you'll appreciate the midfield more. You know, I actually got a call-up for England, um, playing under John Tagana, and he pulled me into the office because it was England and Ireland I had a choice out of. And he told me to go with England and said it's bigger, whatever else. I mean... I got two caps, you know, that was under John Tagana. And for me, he was probably one of my best managers for me. You know, um, I thought he brought, he, he brought me on a lot. He, um, I think he was a lot more advanced at that time than other, other managers. You know, you used to get managers like Steve Koppel when they were out of football. He used to just come down and stand in the rain and just watch our training session. Really? Um, yeah. You know, um, I think if you if if you uh, look back, I think Fulham was one of the you know won won the championship and one of the best styles ever when we won the championship. You know, everyone was talking about the way we play football. You know, from from back to front. You know, like I said, managers used to come down and you know that obviously they wouldn't come down when they're under contract with other teams, but if they was out of contract, they would come down in the rent. Steve Couple was there maybe three three times out of the week. It could be pissing down the rain. He'd be just standing under the tree watching our training session. That whole team there, I always say to players, and I always, you know, I've been to a couple of teams now, and I've seen morales up and down. And we had a great morale at Fulham. You know, we, we, we used to go out together, um, do stuff together. And I've always said, when a team's doing well, it's because they've got a good morale. You know, they go out and do stuff. It was the same at Aston Villa when we finished fifth. We finished fifth two, two years back to back. You know, as a team, we used to do stuff together. I mean, you're, you're so, you were so lucky when you think about it. Because some players, youngsters come through at the wrong time and, and the club's a mess. But to come through it in that kind of era, play, the team, first team playing that kind of football, that kind of manager that was, you know, light years ahead of everybody else. And, yeah. and to have all those role models in the team, Coleman, like Lee Clark, John Collins, just just the whole way through, Goldbeck, 
just uh, yeah, I, I think I think you came through at such a good time. No, I think um, I think you hit the nail on the head there. I think I come through at the the, the perfect time in the sense where I had um, a little bit of the old school coming into the new school, so I kind of understood when when the old school players are treating younger players the same way. But then I also also had the flip side of it of understanding the new area as well. You know, and I, I do prefer the old school because it's a bit more to the point. I think um, now nowadays we're a bit too wrapped in cotton wool. Um, but that's you know that's just a matter of opinion. Um, but I'm glad I come through the area where I did and learned from from some big names like you said, um, Chris Coleman, um, Alan Goma, um, uh, Van der Sar, uh, Philippe Albert. You know, players, players, players who I play for that country at the highest level and play a lot of games in 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 Europe. You know what I mean? So I, I, I definitely took some great lessons from them. Do you remember your debut? Debut, what I do remember is the one at Leicester. Um, I remember that one. That one, I think that was probably my Premiership debut. I was against Leicester at Filbert Street. Um, I remember we drew zero zero, and I come off the last. I actually got man of the match. Uh, and I come off uh, last five minutes of the game, and I remember I had to mark. <laughs> I used to have to mark Matt Elliott, and he was a unit at that time. Me being a skinny, skinny kid at the time, he was tall but skinny, and I had to mark Matt Elliott. You know, he was a monster at that time. <laughs> um, I, I come off at last five minutes with cramp, but you know, it was, it was it was an amazing feeling coming off. I know you never want to come off, but I had to come off with cramp, and the whole stadium gave me a standing ovation. You know what I mean, and I, and, I, and I got man to match that game, and you know I just kind of never never looked back from then. You know, and I think I got into the England under 21 team, went to the European Championships, me and Sean Davis. I think I was the first player to play for England for, for Fulham in so many years. I know Sean Davis got a call up, but he got injured, so he never played. But I was the first um, the first player from Fulham to play for England in maybe decades. You keep on bringing it up. I mean, uh, I was trying to do this in order across your career, so I was getting to... The, don't worry, I was going to get to the England game. Uh, but we'll do, we'll do it now, because you've mentioned it three or four times. You, you, are, you were the first Fulham player to play for England in the new millennium. So you'll always hold that title, because yeah. you must have been the first player since the 60s, I would imagine. George Cohen and Johnny Ains. I can't, I can't think. Uh, yeah. I can't think beyond them. Anyone would have played for England in a, in a, in a Fulham shirt. So uh, it's an incredible achievement, mate. I mean, honestly, you you should be so proud of that. Not not just to represent, not just to represent uh, England, but to do it as a Fulham player. Because I don't care what anyone says, you you do get overshadowed when you play for a club like that. You know, you you would have probably got more caps for England if you play for Man United as a squad player. So, no, hats off to you. you. You should be very proud that you did that. No, no, I'll be honest. Um, it came out of nowhere because um, it was the end of the season. And I remember the team went away to Marbella for a couple of days. And I think most players say the same story. You know, um, a lady called me up from the FA. And I was in my hotel room at the time. And then said, um, you know, you've been selected to go on American tour. And I really, I really got on this truth. Thought it was a joke. I feel it was a little bit of wind up. 
and then like I phoned my mum. I was like crying down the phone, obviously crying for joy, uh, joy you know. And um, just to say like, wow, like all this hard work and everything is is, is paid off. And then like you said, to do it at a team, at, um, a small team as like Fulham, was even like a, a, a bigger achievement because like you said, then there's there's other players, you know, maybe squad players that will get looked at, you know, get there before you because they're playing at bigger clubs. But to do it, you know, playing playing for Fulham, it was um, a massive achievement for myself and my family, and obviously for Fulham. Well, yeah, I mean, because because you know now, obviously for for England fans in general, it probably goes unnoticed because there's probably loads of players, hundreds of players that have got a couple of caps. So if you had played for a club like Man United and got a couple of caps, then it would have been forgotten. But you'll ne- that will never be forgotten by Fulham fans. So they'll always share that with you because. It's so rare, you know, like, like you said, the first player in decades to do it. It's, it's an outstanding achievement, mate. Only, only you and Bobby Zamora. Bobby Zamora is the only player since you did it to play for England, for Fulham. So th- that's how rare it is. So yeah, They were both in America, weren't they? Yeah, um, yeah one, was in, uh, one was in Chicago against the USA. Um, I come in at half-time. And then, um, I, then I made my full one against Colombia and we beat them as well. And then uh, I was called up to one or two more squads against Northern Ireland and uh, Wales. Um, I just, but I never played in them. I just was in the squads. And then obviously, um, you know, other, other players started coming back from that injuries and whatnot. And you kind of get looked over a little bit. And did, um, you say you got called up to other squads. So did you get any feedback from the manager at the time? I, I can't remember. I can't think who the manager would have been. Would it have been Sven? Uh, yeah, it was Ericsson at the time. Yeah. And I remember, I know, uh, yeah, I got feedback from him. He just told me, you know, I've done great, you know, um, after every run, he told me I've done great. And, you know, every camp I went there, I learned something. You know, I was around some, obviously, the best players in the country for, for, for England. And um, it's, it's, it's memories that I hold um, close to me for the rest of my life. I mean, I, I was going to ask you about the England setup. So, coming in as a Fulham player, and, and, I, and I emphasise that point because if you had gone in as a as a Man United player or a Liverpool player, you would have been one of the lads. Because there is a core group of of players that play for England every time. Did you feel like an outsider, or was you? Did you feel at home? I'll be honest with you. You know, um, I felt I felt a little bit, bit of an outsider, but but then saying that, it was very clicky to like the United boys will stay together, the Chelsea boys will stay together. You know, the, the big teams. That players will just kind of stay together. Oh, really? I, I, I thought the big players would all stick together and think they run it, and then the uh, the rest of you were lucky to be a, uh, with them. That's how I imagined it no. to be. Man, it wasn't like that. It was more like, you know, but everybody's kind of in their hotel rooms, you know, and obviously you've, you, know, you played against them, so you're kind of like, you know, colleagues in some way. And then I knew one or two players um, away from... Away from England, I knew Ashley Colwell, I knew Jermaine Jen as well. So, you know, and they made it a lot easier. When we went to America, you know, I was hanging out with them. You know, and um, Kieran Richardson, who, you know, obviously at Fulham, um, he, he broke into the England team at the same time myself. He actually scored against... Yeah, didn't he score a free kick? Yeah, I think he scored two goals, didn't he? I think yeah, I, I remember it. I, I, I was watching it because yeah. I was so excited to see you playing. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I think he scored two. But, I mean, 
So, you know, it was more like the younger boys were, it was a bit easy, you know. But then when we got back to the hotel, we just kind of kept ourselves to ourselves. And But what I did learn was when you get to training, it was so serious and it, it was so much faster than club football. You know, every, everything's on point. Everything, everything was faster. Everything's, um, like I said, this is like the best of the best. Well, no disrespect to my club football. But yeah. these are the best in every position from around the country. So I suppose they, they also have limited time to prepare for games. So they probably, do they have to rush things a bit more? Get more to the point? Um, yeah, I mean, that, that's what it was, you know. Like, you never um, emphasise too long on a, on a session. It would be like, we're doing this for 20 minutes, this for 10 minutes. You know, I was like, boom, 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 boom. Yeah, yeah. Because obviously we're training, we're training with our teams anyway. So it was more like just getting the little ideas down, like, you know, Food for thought, basically. And and another question I was going to ask you, and you, you actually answered it for me, was did, was you eligible eligible for any other countries? You said it was a choice between England and Ireland. Tigana told you to go for England. With hindsight, although it's an amazing achievement, do you think you made the right decision? Because you could have gone to a World Cup with Ireland and got 40, 50 caps quite easily. Mm. Yeah, I mean, you know what it was? In hindsight, looking back, you'd probably say, you know, I could have played for Ireland maybe a lot longer, you know, and being at um, a smaller club, you know, um, Ireland's got players, some players from the championship playing for that team. So it would have been a no-brainer to have a premiership player playing for Ireland, it would have been. But it was a decision what I made at the time. And uh, I don't live in regret. I mean, do not live in regret at all about it. You know, I'm happy with the two caps I got. And I'm, 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 I'm happy with the career I had, you know, obviously there's one or two things you would have tweaked, but I'm more than happy with my decision at the time. No, fair enough. Well, congratulations on your caps anyway, because I didn't get to say it at the time. Thank you. I mean, I'm, I'm 29 now, so if you fast forward, when was that? Or rewind, I mean, was when did you get your caps? 2000, 2004. So what's that? 14 years ago, so... I would have been, yeah, so I would have been about 14, 15. So that... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So your, your, your sort of era was, you know, the one that stands out to me. That, that was when, you know, Fulham became such an in, enjoyable experience, especially being in the Premier League. You know, obviously, I remember before that, all the, back to, you know, just before you signed, but, I mean, it's sickening to say it, but playing at Loftus Road was one of my most enjoyable times as a Fulham fan because that was one of my favourite teams so I shouldn't admit that because... in, um, no no in LA honest, some of the boys enjoyed playing there because it was you know other teams coming there because it's such a tight pitch small pitch you know probably one of the smallest pitches that was played at in, 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 in the premiership so it was a bit intimidating for you know the likes of the Man United coming there you know the Chelsea's I don't know about that. Did that song they used to play when we scored weren't intimidating? Was it Hey Baby? Do you remember? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I get you on that side, but I just mean like intimidating, like, you know, the changing room's just small. You come out into the tunnel, you know, you're basically touching shoulders straight away with each other. You know, everything was just different to what they were used to about all these bigger clubs, you know. Mm. you know. And we've got some good results down there, you know what I mean? And um, 
so, so yeah, it, it, it was a it was a, um, a good time for us. You know, I think uh, I, I think that's I think that's what made it good. I mean, I'm not saying I enjoyed playing at Loftus Road. I enjoyed it because there was some good times, and it was it was the team. I loved the team. I loved the way we played and the players we had. So that that was more more what I was getting at before any Fulham fans start abusing me on Twitter for saying <laughs> I loved it at Loftus Road. Um, and I, I mean, uh, I get it because I remember even winning the Intertoto Cup down there. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Well, I mean. You played. I don't. I don't know how, compared to other players, but you played in an incredible amount of iconic games in that era. So we're going to get to that. It's on my list. It's on my to-do list. Yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah. So, so coming through, was there anyone in the first team that you looked up to? Anyone in particular? Chris Coleman. I know he's um, you know, manager of Sunderland now, and um, I bumped into him uh, a couple of years ago in. Um, um, back down by Marchville Park, um, Kingswood, where he lives, and there's a little little pub, country pub down there. And I bumped into him, and um, we embraced each other with a big hug. But he was one player, you know, he was the captain when I was there. But he led by example. I mean, and I suppose, I mean, another question I've got here is that, and again, it just fall, it fell into place for you. Tigana goes, it was a no-brainer for you. Chris Coleman, you know, what What a great manager for you to learn off. You know, him being a centre-half, someone that you would have grown up with and, and known anyway. Yeah. So you would have known your game inside out and you'd already, you know, it's someone for you to learn off, I'd imagine. Yeah, no, I mean, um, he, was, he was obviously, you know, he had that bad accident where he had to retire and um, cut his career short. And then, you know, Fulham stuck with him and, Kept him on, um, you know, he was learning from Tigana, got his badges, and then became the manager. And I thought it was um, a great, a great gesture from 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 Fulham, but also great from him as well because you know um, he was loved by by fans and and the players that was there. And I was lucky enough to be one of the players to 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 be there and, and, and go for a bit of a journey with him. You know, it wasn't to be, but I learned a lot from him. You know, he wasn't the quickest quickest off centre halves. But his knowledge of the game and reading the game and his leadership was um, second to none. You know, probably probably one of the best I've, 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 I've um, played with and probably one of the best I've, I've watched as, a, you know, being next to from day-to-day training with him and giving his advice to the defenders. Going back to you, now if... With strikers, I normally sort of like focus on the goals, but being a centre half, I'm going to start off with the red cards. Um, you had two. Do you remember them? I was actually looking at a picture the other day where a referee gave me a red card, and I can't remember where it was from. So, um, refresh my memory. Okay, so one of them was against Blackburn. It was two bookings. Against Johnstead, uh, headbutted him at Lafayette Road. <laughs> Headbutted, as you do. <laughs> yeah. I remember that. Well, I, I don't remember that one. I remember the other one. I could have done it with, even without the research. You got a straight red card in the very last seconds against West Ham at Loftus Road. And I think they nicked it. I think it might have been a penalty. No, no uh, it could have been. It was a um, last tackle on Jermaine Defoe. It was it well yeah it was definitely the last minute of the game and um, yeah. straight red 
And I'm sure, I'm sure they nicked it. They scored as a result of, of you going off. So it must have been a penalty. That's how I remember it anyway. But I remember you going off and the fans clapped you out of sympathy because you were still quite young. And um, you played well. So it was, it was just one of those unfortunate things that you clearly learnt from because going through the records of you playing for us, they were the only two. Yeah. Which is a good record. You mentioned that because as you said them, I remember both of them. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. It's a good record though, to be fair. Two two red cards in, what, seven years of first team football? It's not that bad. Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest, uh, I'll take that. You know, someone told me that at the centre off. Well, you scored more goals than you got red cards. (laughs) I'll take that as well. (laughs) You actually, um, you scored... Four goals. You scored one in a cup. You scored three in the league. Now, I remember one of them very well, and I'm sure you do. Uh, which one are we talking about? So, it was it was uh, at the cottage, hammy end, and you sort of sort of sliced it, put a bit of backspin on it, and you smashed it into the bottom corner. Was that against Norwich? Yes. Yeah, yeah, you're beating a 5-1 or something like that. 6-0, 6-0. 6-0, yeah, I knew it was a big score. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that goal. I think that's one of my better goals. Yeah, well, that's why I remember it. Because it, it was a good goal. It was probably the... You know what I like that? To be fair, it wasn't the goal of the game because Diop scored an, an absolute worldie from a free kick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But it was... A, it was for, for a centre-half, it was a really good goal. Um, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That game was mental because we obviously had nothing to, to play for going into it. Uh, it was like a holiday sort of game for us. And Norwich, were like, I think, I think it's the the only time all four clubs have gone into the the uh, last game of the season still with a chance of staying up. So they had everything to play for, and to beat them six 0 is quite embarrassing, isn't it? No, no, definitely, definitely. But uh, I definitely remember that. I actually remember that. Did, did the Norwich players? Do you remember the Norwich players' sort of reaction at the end, or did, did they? I'll be honest, like, I'm lying to you. Like, I think I, we was just uh, more. Um, shocked that we got that result. We knew it was going to be a tough game, but to get that result, what we got, and um, obviously one 0 it's still a tough game. Two 0 you know, it's still a tough game. But to go three, four, five, we never thought it was going to be that type of game. Do you know who your other goals were against? It's Man United. Nah, did you? I think I yeah, I think I did yeah. What was that then? Well, yeah, no, that was um, that was Bolton. That was Bolton. I scored against Man United. No, 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 I'm just, I just, it's in my head, but I think, uh I know you scored on your Aston Villa debut, didn't you? Yeah, I was against Chelsea. I couldn't believe it. You scored on your Aston Villa debut, and I was thinking, he only scored like three goals for us. He scored on his first game. <laughs> couldn't believe it when you scored that funny. one. No, I'll tell you what's so funny about that, because if you remember, before I got bought to go to Aston Villa, we played against Aston Villa. And Ashley Young took a shot and it hit my thigh and gone in the goal. I was at Fulham at the time. What? And then a week and then like a week later I got bought and gone to Aston Villa. You didn't do it on purpose, did you? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I believe you. But, but and then and then obviously um, they were playing against Chelsea and then it was ironic, you know, a Fulham player, you know, um, scoring the first goal. Yeah, I mean, um, one or two now. I remember being very frustrated when you scored that goal for Villa because I, I think it was on the TV as well. 
Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. Yeah, I remember, I remember it. And, and I remember being very frustrated because whenever you came up for a corner for us, considering how tall you are, you just, mm. you, you only scored three goals. Like, you, you, never, you never got in those sort of positions for us. I mean, was it something yeah, that yeah. was, was it, was it ever practised? At Fulham, set pieces. I'll be honest, I'm not going to lie to you, you know, um, you know I, I hold my hands up and some people might laugh at it, some people might not, some people might understand. But when I come there, Kevin Keegan, he was one of the first persons to, to recognise it. He was like, big man, you need, you need to learn how to jump. Because obviously me coming from non-league, it was kind of easy for me to win headers and whatever else. Right, yeah, yeah. He just said, oh, big man, you, know, you need to learn this, learn this, learn this. You know, and then um, maybe me going to Aston Villa, maybe I needed a new lease of life. You know, sometimes you can be at a place for a little bit too long. You know what I mean? And, um, you know, I saw a lot of people at Fulham come and go. Don't get me wrong, love Fulham, you know. Fulham, every, every weekend is the first team I look up. Going back to, to you again, um, not quite a goal, but bloody hell, it would have been some goal if it had gone in. Old Trafford... What was you doing having a shot from the halfway line? <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. I passed it to Steve and Steve passed it back. And I think Tim Howard was in goal and it hit the crossbar. I, 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 I don't know what I was doing myself. <laughs> <laughs> was it, uh, it wasn't a clearance. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest, you know, like um, in football, like most footballers, if, if they've done something kind of it, they'll probably tell you they don't know how they've done it. They just go off instincts and whatever's going on is just going on they just do it off that football instincts sometimes when you have to think twice you will never do it again you know and um, hence that that moment there that moment of some people say madness for me it, just, it was a moment of instincts and just playing you know if you said to me would I do it again I'd probably say no but I probably would given the opportunity I wish it had gone in uh, no, I mean, if we would have winning, you know, but hit the crossbar. You know, Tim Howard, Tim Howard never knew what was going on. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, well, we'll talk about those iconic sort of games there because consider, you know, obviously there's there's players that have played after you, played in the Great Escape when we survived relegation, and there was a lot of iconic games in a small space of time, all linked, all all same sort of thing. Same with the Europa League when we got to the final, there was a lot of famous wins, but it was just the same story. You spread across your whole time with us. This is this is just a few of them that I I um I looked up. So the Spurs comeback at Loftus Road is very, very popular. Do you remember it? Yeah. Two 0 Dan, come back um, on one three two, Lewinsky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Winning the Intertoto Cup, you played in that game. Massive. Yeah. yeah. We played against um, Bologna. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Old Trafford win. The only one. Remember that. The Norwich six yeah. nil. Uh, West Brom six one. Yeah. Beating Chelsea at home again. The only time in the Premier League. Yeah. I remember seeing a picture of that the other day. Beating Newcastle 4-1 away and Mark Crossley was saving it with all sorts, even his face. Yeah, he was, he was like a brick wall. Yeah. Uh, not a win, but for me, a game that I'll never forget because I've never seen it happen before. We drew one all with Villa at home, so you must remember it. 
There was three penalties missed in the same game. One Pablo Angel missed two, and Andy Cole missed, and Lee Clark equalised in like the 95th minute. Yeah, I remember that game. That game was such an emotional roller coaster. It was such a weird game. I'll never forget it because um, obviously it probably doesn't stand out to most fans, but three penalties missed in the same game. I've never seen that before. I've never seen that before, but like an emotional roller coaster, like you said. Yeah, it was back and forth, wasn't it? Um, Ups and downs. Yeah. Um, Nicole, I think, I think Andy Cole could have won the game for us, didn't he? He could have. Was he the last penalty? You know what? If I'm going to guess, I think they, Angel missed, then Andy Cole missed, and then Angel missed again. And David O'Leary was going mental on the touchline because he didn't want him to take the second one. <laughs> <laughs> Beating Arsenal at home 2-1, that was in 2006, and it was the first time we'd beaten Arsenal in 40 years. The, the time before that was in 1966. So, there you go, the first time we beat Arsenal in the Premier League, you started... Beat Spurs away 3-0. Mm. Yeah, I remember that game. So how many is that? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. So that's 10, right? And I think, well, if you include the Inter-Total Cup, I think all of them 10 would get into my top 20 most memorable games of the Premier League era. So there you go. You you probably played in more, more, more iconic games than anyone I've seen. I'll be honest with you, I mean... You know, met, uh, Fulham, I mean, we haven't even goosebumps just talking about it. You know, Fulham's um, played a big part in my football career. Fulham played a big part in my actual life. You know, I learned so much as a, as a youngster and learned so much as a, as, a, as, a, as a young man. You know what I mean? And I don't think I've ever had the opportunity to say, you know, um, thank you to the fans and thank you to the staff of Fulham. I know I had a up and, uh, my up, up and down games, but... You know, and them up and get down games, you know, made me get to where I got to within football, you know, represent my country, go on to, to, to the likes of Aston Villa, which is, you know, a massive club, you know, and, um, and that was all down to the, the staff, what come and left, you know, because I, I believe that I learned something from everyone who, who, who come and left. And also the fans, you know, regardless if they was upset with me for a bad performance or behind me, you know, they were still there week in, week out. You know what I mean? And, um, you know, I've, I've, never, I've never had the opportunity since I've left to, to say thank you to them. Yeah, that's nice, mate. You know, we, we appreciate everything you did for us. Um, out, out of those games, do you have a favourite? Um, I'll be honest. Maybe the... the Maybe the Tottenham game away, you know, when we beat them 3-0, you know, to, to go to White Hart Lane and beat them the way we did. We yeah. had, like, a party in the changing room afterwards. It, <laughs> um, it was an amazing feeling. Yeah, it was a great result at the time. I mean, it'd be a great result anyway, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, really. I think we only went there a couple of times for one. I think we went, we went there and Berbatov scored. We won 2-0. I think that was it. I think it was only twice. So, no, it was a brilliant result. 3-0. Barry Owls got two and, and Bar Morte, I think. Yeah, I remember Barry Owls because he, he was a... Is it, is it Barry Owls a big Tottenham fan? Is he? he was, um, yeah, yeah, massive Tottenham fan. So he was um, buzzing. He, you know, he, I think that was his... Out of every game he played, he just loved playing against Tottenham. No, I'll, 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 I'll mention that if I ever do one with him. 
haven't haven't yeah, managed yeah. to track him down yet. Um, so I mean, you you said about Chris Coleman being like a, a big influence on you, but um, when when it got towards the end of your career at Fulham, you know, I, I, I've done Q and As with Tony Warner and Wayne Ratledge. They both said, well, they both spoke very highly of you and said that you were the one that made them feel very welcome and, and what a great guy you are. So to me, it was kind of like you took on the Chris Coleman role towards the end because I, I, never, I never would have thought it, but you would have been the longest serving player at the end of your time. So did, did, you, did you feel that sort of responsibility and, and feel like you was one of the main people at the time? I actually did that. Um, I remember being around Tony, you know. Um, actually, let me start with Wayne Routledge. When he first came, um, I could see he was a bit lost. You know, he, he kind of bounced around a lot of teams, never really found a home. You know, I kind of took him under my wing and kind of found him as a little brother. You know, and he also followed me to Aston Villa, funny enough. Um, Tony Warner was the same, you know, never really found a home. We got on really well with him, you know, we used to room share. And then obviously, you know, being there, what, eight, nine years, I did feel like I took on that, that role that, you know, I've been, I've been here the longest. You know, I feel like people should look up to me or I should start taking on that role. And I remember we, we had a team meeting and Laurie Sanchez was the manager at the time and he said, he wants to be captain. Nobody, nobody put up their hand. This is a team meeting, just in the changing room, in the um, tra- tra- training ground. Nobody put up their hands but me. I was the first one. To, I, I put, you know, it, was, it felt like a lifetime, but it was maybe about 30 seconds. Nobody put their hand up. So for a while, they gave it to me. I was, I, I was happy about it. I was kind of said, I, I thought I should have it anyway. But you know, because actually, Louis Bourmorte was a captain prior to prior to that. Yeah. And then Michael Brown, I think, took it after me, I believe. Yeah, yeah, that that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I, I enjoyed my time. And, and as I got older and le- learning more and having more experience, I think I took that role on. You know, I kind of took what Chris Coleman was and the other senior players was and how they embraced me. I wanted to make other players feel, feel comfortable. From the ones I've spoken to um, from that sort of era towards the end of your time... They that come across. They all speak very highly of you, so just thought I'd let you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, um, I appreciate that. Like I said, I mean, um, definitely, um, you know, I'm not as close to, to to a lot of players. I keep in touch a little bit with Wayne and um, Wayne Routledge and Tony Warner. You know, we've got a few mutual friends, and um, you know, we kind of say what's up once in the blue moon. Sean what? Davis, I still talk to. Who was your closest friend at the club in general? Sean Davis, me and him actually lived together. Um, I was in Diggs. I was in Diggs for two years, and then I left Diggs, and then um, he had an apartment in Wimbledon. And um, so me and, he, uh, I, me and him lived together for about a year. And then he started getting serious with his girlfriend, so I thought maybe it's a bit time for me to do a big grind at my own place. Um, but but no. now I, 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 I say Sean Davis, um, you know, with being friends... Since I've, 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 I've played um, professional football, you know, he done the um, I was training the first team with him. He played a few in the 19 games. We went to England the 21s together, lived together, and um, we're still in contact now. 
Who would you say was the best player you played with at Fulham? I'll give two players. Go on. Louis Saha. Yeah. I'll be honest, that guy, if he never had injuries what he had, could have been up there with one of the best strikers in the world. No, I totally agree. Totally agree. And left foot, right foot, you would never knew what foot he was. He, he was quick, he could finish, could jump. He had everything, but he was just injured all the time. He could never play a full season. Even when he went to Man United, you know, um, I know it was a bit it was a bit crap from Fulham's point of view. You know, he went to Man United going to the national team. Never even played a game for Man United. But he's in that was disgusting, that was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, uh, still in the same league. No, yeah, but he, he signed for him in the January, and was it within within a week? He, he was in the French squad, and he hadn't even played for him. <laughs> exactly, that's and, um, and that's why I think that like, football's so fickle. You know, like you know, it's not like Fulham was in the Championship and Man United went to a Premiership team. Well, he only went to Man United because of how well he was playing for Fulham. There, there you go. You know, and then even I remember Real Ferdinand saying, you know, he's one of the best players he's trained with and played played against. You know, yeah. his men is is it's lightning. I remember playing for, I believe, um, <clears throat> Bolton, playing against him. He was at Everton and I had to mark him. He was a handful. And, uh, you know, the second player would be um, a little magician in midfield named Steve Melbrunk. Yeah. He was um, in, in, in that era of, of player for Fulham. Um, he was one of our match winners, you know, when he, when he turned up. Fulham would win a game if he played well. Well, you see, because I was growing up as a teenager at that sort of time, that, that's like the Loftus Road sort of team. Uh, uh, particularly when Sahar left, I think we relied a lot on Barmorte and Malbronk to be our match winners. And I think you was either in the Steed camp or the Boa camp. You either love one or the other. And I think, I think, yeah. it, I think, yeah. it's, ve- I think it's very 50-50 who, who's more popular with the fans. I was a Boa. Yeah. I was a Bowa fan, if I had to pick between I mean, the two. I can, I, and I can understand why people say Bowa, because Bowa's a bit more, you know, very more passionate. Even if he's not um, having a good game, you still see him running around and trying. With Steed, it's it's all or nothing. He's either he's having a great game or he's not. He's, he's basically, he must not be on the pitch. So I can understand why fans will sway one way or the other. You know, but like I said, with Bowa... He can have a crap game, but he's still running around trying to make a tackle. Right, then he's not the best tackler, but you can see his effort. Yeah, you know, and speed, like you said, is like you said, if he's not playing well, he's not touching the ball. There's no point in even being on the pitch. We might as well play with ten men sometimes. <laughs> you know what I mean? And but that's no disrespect to him because when he is playing, when he is playing well, he's amazing. You know what I mean? He'll take on the whole team and score a goal. You know what I mean? And I think that's the frustrating side from fans' point of view to see that one minute. He can be the greatest player on the pitch, and the next game it could be the worst. There's no like in between. Mm, unpredictable, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, for me, um, like I said Bob Morte was fantastic for us. You know, um, he was a good leader. You know, led 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 by example. You know, but you know, just 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 watching Steed was a bit more easier was, than I. I think Steed had more ability. But I think Boa, if Boa didn't have the speed, he wouldn't have been half the player he was. Steed, Steed yeah. had more talent. So, yeah, I, I, see, I see where you're going with that. I thought you was going to say Van der Sar, because that name comes up all the time when I say best player. No, but, um, 
I was just kind of looking for um, outfield players, weren't you? Uh, but five players. I mean, don't get me wrong. If he was looking for everything, I would, Van der Sar would be up there. You know, what, me, me being a centre half. Yeah. What was it like playing playing in front in front man, of him? To have that man behind you and speak the way he speaks, and you know, just to hear his voice, you feel so confident. You know, he saved us so many times in games. You know, he's such a presence. You know, a little bit of arrogance, but. It, it was arrogant. It was it was confident. You know what I mean. And um, him talking behind you made you have a bit of confidence. You know, it's, I'm going to go for that ball because if I don't get it, I know Van der Sar is going to do something for me. Well, I mean, in in modern football, and I'll include you know that era as modern football. Mm. Loyalty is hard to come by, but I would argue he was very loyal to Fulham for full seasons. It, I mean, for me, he was clearly too good for us. The the height of of Fulham Fulham's history is getting to the Europa League final. Well, this guy should have been playing in Champions League finals every other year. He was just he's a world class player. He's I think he's the only world class player I've ever seen Fulham have. Possibly Sahar. Possibly Sahar, but Van der Sar was just he was just the real deal. No, I mean I agree with you. You know, for him to come to to with his record and then end up coming to Fulham, you know, he could have went to any big team, like I said. He's come to Fulham and ended up going to Man United from Fulham. Did Did he ever, around the training ground or after a match, if it didn't go right, did Do you ever sense for him? He was thinking to himself, "What am I doing here?" No, I, I you know, I, I think he he was. I think he wanted to 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 give back. I mean, especially what I saw. I don't know because I was a young defender. Um, you know, to be the next game, like oh, sorry, the next training we played on a Saturday. I'll probably see him on the Monday and he'll pull me aside Zach, you know, maybe you can do this or you drop back or, you know, he'll, he'll talk to me. Yeah, yeah. I, I, can't, I, I can't vouch for everybody else because, you know, this is something that he's done with me on a personal note. He just pulled me aside so I don't know if he pulled anybody else aside, I don't know. You know what I mean? But with me, I can vouch for what he gave to me. He gave me so much knowledge, you know, so much respect and then when I was at Bolton, he was at Man United, we lived in the same um, in Wilmslow, so the same area. You know, we used to bump into each other. You know, and it's so nice to see him, and you know, he's still got that 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 that, that same character. You know, he's not big time. He's not. You know, no, he treated you the same. Yeah, exactly the same. You know, like, you yeah, know, nice. Bug, you know, what I mean, and, and obviously because we 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 had moments together. You know, what I mean, we we had some highs, we had some lows, and I feel that when you have respect for each other, that's how you embrace each other. Well, I mean, I've seen him do a couple of interviews about his time at Fulham, and to be fair, considering who he is and you know what he went on to achieve, it, he's very respectful of Fulham. So I just, I just wondered if that was more for the, you know, what he was like on the inside, you know, how to play his teammates. Uh, no, he was with his I teammates. Think people looked, I think people looked at him maybe because he was at, you know, big, big clubs before he comes to Fulham. But you know, he uh, he probably wanted to come to Fulham because he wanted to be in London, regardless of what he. But he enjoyed it and he gave 110. percent You know what I mean? And um, obviously went on from Fulham to Man United and done well for them. Yeah. You know, and now he's you know he's, well, I think he's sporting director or something at Ajax. Yeah, something like that. But again, I yeah, mean, yeah. again to come through when you did, and have a play a goalkeeper like that. I mean, how many how many players can say they broke into the first team? 
at a club like Fulham in the Premier League, new to the Premier League, so it'd be like Bournemouth or someone like that, having someone like Van der Sar in goal, it's just, it's crazy. It really is. No, no, I mean, you know, when you, you know, me being a kid watching football and, you know, seeing Van der Sar at, you know, these, 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 you know, Milan and, you know, Juventus and these big teams, you know, playing for Holland and then, you know, is, is, is you know, effing and blinding behind me, telling me to <laughs> jump challenge and, you know, it's, it's an amazing thing and then pulling you aside and giving you advice, you know, it's, 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 it's a dream come true to, 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 to learn from, you know, um, world-class goalkeepers. Yeah, no, definitely. And, and, and such a gentleman as well. Yeah, no, no I, see, I can see that. Um, so, there's only one position left to, to ask you about and that's your partnerships. Um, you partnered Melville, Gomar, Raymond... Bocanegra, Christian Val, Martin Chetu as well, Ian Pearce. Who was your favourite? Who did you enjoy playing alongside the most? I'll be honest. Uh, my favourite players play against, play with, was Alan Gomar. Yeah, I had a feeling you were going to say him. Yeah, Alan Gomar and um, Pearce. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think Gomar was the best out of that lot. I mean, what he was a rock, like, wasn't he? Yeah, no, it does. What what was Goma like as personality wise? You know, it was is is he he was very quiet. You know, more more so spoken when spoken to. You know, and um, but you know, he liked a little bit of banter. But he's kind of like keeping himself to himself. And but um, he, when it comes to the football side of it, kind of led by example. You know, like very strong. You know, it wasn't particularly like the tallest or biggest centre half. Was very strong and Jetu the same. Um, obviously, you could see like the muscles in Jetu from a million miles away. Yeah, but but, but you know, um, uh, he could play in several several positions. You know, which he did for Fulham. You know, maybe um, on, on on the right side, maybe playing holding midfield and playing centre half. Who's that, Jetu? Yeah, yeah, Jetu was. I like Jetu with his bandana yeah. around his head. Uh, I thought um, he was very versatile. Yeah, I liked him a lot. Um, he, he had two years on loan. It's a shame they didn't keep him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like he, he was a good um, for me. He, he was a good uh, player. What could play in different? You know, I feel that you need a player what can play in several different positions, and I feel that he was good for that. Yeah, I mean, because he, he, he'd be forgotten on most Fulham fans, I would imagine. But so a little bit underappreciated, I think. I think also because maybe, you know, sometimes when you're on loan, you know, you don't feel like, you know, maybe some players, some fans don't see you one of us. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, you know, because, uh, and, and that's not his fault. That's just, you know, he's probably on decent wages at whatever club he was and Fulham probably couldn't afford it. So. Oh, uh, so, so we're going with Gomar as your favourite. Ian Pierce second. Um, 
So, well, it's only it's only one more thing to ask you, really. What what are you up to now? Um, well, I've been doing a bit of coaching um, with the under 18s at Galaxy. I'm in LA. I'm living in LA, um, Los Angeles at the moment, and um, I've actually got a fragrance line out here. But I've um, started up. And, oh, nice. I mean, so- um, you know, I'm still looking after myself. I'm still fit. You know, and uh, I can see that from your Instagram. You look like a model. Bit of a poser. No, no, I tried try to look after myself, but you know, it's full of me, the centre half. I'm not officially retired. That's from the dust off the cobwebs and come back. <laughs> Never know. Nah, but, um, nah, nah, but on the serious note, like, I'm, just, I'm doing a bit of coaching with the under 18 dog here. You know, I've got, uh, got a little business going on um, um, with a fragrance line and, you know, just, just looking after myself and um, um, trying to enjoy life a little bit. Nah, good luck with it all. Yeah, no, I really appreciate that. Thank you, Daniel. So, um, last question. Pie or pasty? Pie or pasty? Yeah. Uh, I'll take a pie. Yeah, which one? Ooh, making a mushroom pie? Yeah, yeah, that's my favourite. We'll go with that. That's a good note to end it on. Yeah. Listen, um, it, it's been amazing talking to It really has. Like, like, like I said to you at the beginning... This one I can re- relate to the most because it's reliving my teenage years. So mm-hmm. when I, you know, when my, my kids are a little bit older and I'm educating them on on the full of my remember, you know, your name will certainly pop up. So and I'll get them to listen to this and interview. I, so I really appreciate Daniel, man. Like I said, it's um, it's been a it's been a nice um, journey down memory lane, you know. And like I said, um, I think once or twice uh, I couldn't remember a few things, and as soon as you said it, it, come, it, it jumped straight at me. Like it was yesterday. Well, you know, you know what? I normally have to do a lot of research for these, but a lot of it just rolled out. You know, I just, I just remember it. You know, I can't remember what I did yesterday, but you know, that's 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 what I mean. I loved it. I loved that era. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, uh, like I said, I, uh, I, I, I know, I know, I'm repeating myself, but trust me, like you know, um, I was at, I, I, I say official. I know I was at, I say officially free club. You know, I was at Reading for a couple of months, not too back in my career. But, you know, three clubs were out, stand out to me. It's obviously Fulham, Aston Villa and Bolton. And obviously, this is no disrespect to the other clubs. Fulham was my number one in the sense where it, where it all started and I fulfilled so many goals. Yeah, no, it's, it's really, really nice to hear. You know, I'm not just saying that because I'm speaking to, to the Fulham fans. or You know, I'm not, I'm not just saying that if I was speaking to... Aston Villa TV or Bolton, whatever it was, I still say the same thing, you know, but going to Aston Villa was a boyhood dream, you know, to support a team and you've gone there, you know what I mean? And, um, you know, so them two clubs, they're always going to stay close to my heart. Like I said, you know, um, in the middle of the interview, I just want to say thank you to the, to the staff and to the fans of Fulham. No, I, I, I really appreciate it, mate. It's been, it's been an honour to speak to you. No, I appreciate it, Daniel. Man. Thank you very much for this interview. It's really, um, it's really been um, refreshing. Yeah, no, and thank you for your time, mate. All right. Take Bye. care. Daniel. Thank you. Bye. 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 Zach Knight there talking about his time at Fulham. I'd like to thank Zach for taking the time to speak to me, and I wish him all the best with the rest of his career. Please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for updates when the latest Q and A's will be released. There's loads more to come. And you can also subscribe via iTunes or any other podcast app. Until then, my name's Danny Boyer. Really hope you enjoyed this one. Um, thank you very much for listening. <laughs>